everyone. Welcome to Soulmates Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel. Today, we have another addition into our K-pop legends hall of fame. It is G-Dragon. If you are a second-gen hag like Rachel and I, you already know all about G-Dragon. But for some younger or new enjoyers of K-pop, we are here to enlighten you. The series is all about education. <laughs> all about it. Kwon Ji Young, also known by his stage name G-Dragon, is a South Korean rapper, singer, songwriter, record producer, entrepreneur, fashion designer, and many more things, <laughs> known as, quote, the king of K-pop, end quote. He's widely recognized for his influence on youth culture, fashion trends, and music in South Korea. He was named by Forbes in 2016 as the most influential person under 30 in Asia's entertainment and sports. He has written or co-written 23 number one songs on the Gaon digital charts, and most of those he also co-produced. So he is a musical fashion art ho force. Yes. <laughs> G-Dragon is like the art ho. I mean, yeah, he started the art ho trend. Rachel, why don't you take us all the way back to 1988? Okay. I didn't even know G-Dragon was older than us. Yes. <laughs> Opa. <laughs> Opa. He's a old <laughs> he's a old bitch. Uh he was born in 1988 in August, August 18th, so he's a Leo like me. What up? <laughs> In Seoul, South Korea. So that means G-Dragon is like turning 35 this year. So G-Dragon began his career at age six, which was quite a while ago in the 90s, as part of the group Little Ru-Ra. <laughs> so some context. Ru-Ra was a co-ed first generation K-pop group and their influences were like reggae and um, R&B. And so Little Ru-Ra... This to me screams, do you remember A-teens? Mm -hmm. They did all the covers of the ABBA songs, but they were teens. Yeah. <laughs> that is this. Oh my God. So cute. <laughs> so he was part of Little Rura for a little bit, uh, but then he was scouted by SM Entertainment on a ski trip with his family. And he was a trainee under the record label SM uh, for five years from ages eight to 13 years old and he specialized in dance if you know he's not an sm artist anymore so he broke away i cannot believe he was a trainee starting at eight that's insane i know that's right? child labor truly <laughs> truly and it's just like i'm gonna say like an old person thing but like just remember like how much like life and flexibility and things you had at age eight and 13 Compared to like now, <laughs> like you were, you were like a fetus. Like you didn't know what you were doing. Like you were like, yes, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. At ages eight to 13, I thought I was going to be a veterinarian. Like and that is not what I am at all now. So it's just crazy that they're like shaping their future at such a young age, you know? Yeah. So during his third grade year, a friend introduced him to Wu-Tang Clan and thus the rapper G-Dragon was born. <laughs> Having been influenced by Wu-Tang Clan, he developed an interest in rapping and he began taking classes specifically for hip-hop, 
and rapping. He attended a summer school hosted by South Korean hip-hop group People Crew, and under their tutelage, he participated in the release of a um, collective album called Korean Hip Hop Flex in 2001, becoming the youngest Korean rapper at 13 years old. Okay, when you first said that uh, during his third grade year, a friend introduced him to Wu-Tang Clan, I was thinking in person. <laughs> like an, eight, eight, an eight-year-old's like, my daddy's really powerful, and here are these guys, they're called the Wu-Tang Clan, and they like shook hands. That's what I was envisioning. <laughs> I'm sure in G Dragon's uh, mind's eye that happened. Yes, but <laughs> his forehead hilarious. was kissed by every member of Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So because of this album, um, he caught the interest of someone named Sean, and he was in the hip-hop duo Jinyushan from YG Entertainment. He recommended that G-Dragon go to YG Entertainment, and G-Dragon agreed. So he signed a contract with YG, and he spent the first year cleaning the studio for other artists at YG, and then fetching water bottles during dance practice. What the fuck? I would feel so (laughs) slighted. Imagine being a 14-year-old being like, here's your water. Yeah, like, we're going to make you an artist, kid, but instead of, like, doing anything with that, you're just going to be our little bitch for a year. Like, that's not cool. He was featured on other artist albums, and he even released several singles under the name GDYB after his (laughs) indentured servitude coming (laughs) here. After doing a couple of singles, YG is like, this isn't working. We're scrapping the plan for a solo, and we're gonna make a boy band instead. And thus, Big Bang was formed. Big Bang is a five-member group, very influential second-gen group, led by G-Dragon. If you've listened to past episodes, you might have heard us talking about Burning Sun Scandal and Sungri. He was also in Big Bang. Yes. We don't want to talk about him. No. So the formation of Big Bang was really documented on TV. Their debut was a moderate success, which is hilarious thinking about that because they're such like a huge group. (laughs) But their first album sold over 100,000 copies um, and included G-Dragon's first solo recording, which was a cover of Maroon 5's single, This Love. So we'll listen to that now. So after Big Bang released their first album, they released their EP Always in 2007. And that was really a departure from their previous materials. And G-Dragon really stepped up his involvement in regards to production, which as we alluded to earlier, he, you know, has a major hand in production for a lot of the things that he releases. Several songs were actually even composed by him, including the lead single on that EP, Lies, uh, which became the group's first number one hit. Their following EPs, followed in its footsteps a hot issue yielded last farewell and stand up spawned day by day both singles composed by g dragon they were top of the chart and having produced the majority of big bang's materials g dragon became involved with the production of Yang, another big bang members debut his ep uh, hot in 2008 they have a couple songs together that are really good truly 
Because of all this success, G-Dragon got to release his first solo album, Heartbreaker, in August of 2009. This featured collabs with several artists in YG, including Teddy of 1TYM, Taeyang, Kush, CL, and uh, Sandara Park of 2Anyone. And this album really marked a change in G-Dragon's appearance as well. He dyed his hair blonde to match his concept. And honestly, like when I think of G-Dragon, this is kind of the first thing I think of is his style from this era. It really paved the way for how quirky he would become in future, <laughs> future eras and future albums. So he really said, I'm going to serve it to the twinks. Yeah, <laughs> he really did. In fact, Heartbreaker won Album of the Year from the 2009 Mnet Asian Music Awards. Let's listen to that banger right now. Shortly after Heartbreaker's release, G-Dragon was accused of plagiarism by Sony Music when Heartbreaker and Butterfly, another track on the album, were alleged to be similar to Flo Rida's Right Round and Oasis's She's Electric. However, EMI, which is the record label that distributed Right Round, said that they didn't see any similarities between the two songs. And Flo Rida even went on to feature on GD's live album, Shine a Light. So obviously there was really no bad blood between them. And I just have to say, like, a lot of songs sound similar to other songs. Oh, yeah. Most pop songs are the same four chords in different compositions. Just because things sound similar doesn't mean someone plagiarized it. Right. If someone used, like, a sample yeah. from another song without crediting the sample... That is straight up plagiarism and cause for litigation, but obviously this is not the case. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, it would be impossible for you to be like, oh, well, I derived like this chord from this song or like it reminded me of this. So I designed something similar to that. Like, it's just impossible. Music is music. <laughs> so yeah. I feel like, it, yeah, if you do a direct sample, you should cite it. But otherwise, sorry to go off on a tangent, but it's not like... <laughs> <laughs> there were other songs that me and Emily have heard that I was like, how the hell did no one copyright strike this song? Like the song that literally says men in black. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the song title is men in black. And they use a sample from the movie. Yeah. And I don't know if anything ever came of that. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> I don't think those songs sound like those songs. Heartbreaker or Butterfly don't sound like Right Round or She's Electric to me either. So in support of the live album Shine a Light, G-Dragon staged his first solo concert at the Olympic Gymnastics Arena in December of 2009. The name of the concert, Shine a Light, was derived from the lyrics of his song, A Boy. The concert subsequently sparked controversy, <laughs> just more controversy, following complaints of obscenity and suggestive content. Uh, the Korean Ministry of Health, Welfare, and Family Affairs are favorite people. <laughs> Yeah. Later asked the government to investigate if G-Dragon or YG Entertainment violated laws on obscene performances in his concert. He was later found innocent and cleared of all charges in 2010. The Korean Ministry of Health, Welfare, and Family Affairs, they've gone after, like, Hyuna mm -hmm. as well. I feel like they were way more active in early K-pop. Like, I don't see oh, yeah. that as much of an issue anymore. Because it's making more money now. Exactly. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
In uh, November 2010, G-Dragon and T.O.P., another member of Big Bang, released their collaboration album G.D. and T.O.P. Before the release of the album, they held a premiere showcase in Seoul, which was also broadcast live on YouTube. It's like one of the first to do that. So to promote their album, they released three singles, Hi Hi, Oh Yeah, and Knockout. All three are bangers, but we're going to listen to Hi Hi. Do you remember that, Rachel? What a fucking throwback. I love that song. So unfortunately, in 2011, promotional activities halted after G-Dragon tested positive for (gasps) marijuana. (laughs) Man, I remember thinking marijuana was such a big deal in high school, and it's not. Obviously, Americans and South Koreans have different laws relating Mm -hmm. to cannabis, um, and they are very, very strict over there. And here... In the United States, in some states, you can buy it at a store. Yep. So, very different. (laughs) Just a store on the corner. (laughs) Um, However, even though he was arrested or he was charged with having marijuana, um, it was his first recorded offense with a very tiny amount of the drug. It just resulted in an indictment and he was actually not charged with anything. He later claimed to have accepted a cigarette offered by a fan in Japan during a party back in May, but after realizing it was not a normal cigarette, a funny cigarette, if you will, um, <laughs> he, he threw it away. Um, that is such the fakest story. Like, you can't tell the difference ever. between a joint and a cigarette. He really thought he could get away with that. Yeah. I remember when this was going on and being like, GD, we are not that stupid. No. But maybe the government is. <laughs> You know, you're not wrong. And I mean, he was like in his, I think, early 20s at this point. So he might not have been thinking too far ahead about it either. So his first um, extended play, One of a Kind, was released in 2012 in September. And it drew lots of positive reviews. It was actually first on the Billboard World Album Chart. And three singles were released to actually support that album. It was One of a Kind, That XX, and Crayon, which... I love crayon. Um, he he also won Best Male Solo Artist at the 14th Mnet Asian Music Awards and Record of the Year for One of a Kind at the 22nd Soul Music Awards. Um, he also embarked on his first tour in 2013, the One of a Kind World Tour, and he became the first Korean solo artist to hold a four-dome tour in Japan. So let's listen to both One of a Kind and Crayon because they're awesome. There was not a single party that we went to <laughs> that we did not play crayon at. Yeah. Like, even our friends who are not into K-pop, we would put this on and everyone would go fucking nuts. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I don't even, like, we didn't even have Spotify back then. We were using, like, what was it, Groove Shark? Groove Shark and YouTube. Yeah. 
It was rough out there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no Spotify mix to put on in those days. After touring extensively, G-Dragon went back into the studio to record his second album, Coupe d'Etat, which was released in two parts online, with the full album released physically on September 13th of 2013, and it had collabs with Diplo, Boys Noise, Sky Feria, uh, Zion T, Missy Elliott, mm-hmm. like really big names. And the title track, Coupe d'Etat, was also chosen by Billboard as one of the game-changing EDM tracks of 2013. It was like a dark EDM song. Mm-hmm. It was so cool. What if we went to a rave, but it was evil? Yeah. <laughs> so let's listen to that song. This is my also you should watch the uh, coup d'etat music video it's also very good yes so the album entered the billboard 200 making g-dragon the first korean act to have multiple entries on the billboard chart and the success of coup d'etat led g-dragon winning a total of four awards at the 15th mnet asian music awards best male solo artist best music video for coup d'etat which is why i said you should watch it um best dance performance for crooked and the highest award that they offered artist of the year which is so deserved in my opinion he later took home the world's best entertainer and world's best album at the world music awards so great our guy is like on top right (laughs) Yeah. In 2014, G-Dragon wrote and produced for other YG artists like To Anyone and Taeyang. In November 2014, G-Dragon and Taeyang formed a duo to release the single Good Boy, another really good song. G-Dragon spent the majority of 2015 and 2016 touring with Big Bang for their third Korean album and performed for over 3.6 million fans in just two years. They just have like ruling touring schedules sometimes. Oh, yeah. And this was before COVID, so they didn't really care that much about disease um <laughs> <but> <laughs> in 2017 gd was to release a second ep and the lead single was going to be bullshit but due to the bandmate top's marijuana scandal <laughs> these boys be smoking that grass <laughs> the wacky weed <laughs> the, they're funny little cigarettes the devil's lettuce <laughs> But because of T.O.P. scandal and the single's provocative name, I mean, it's literally called bullshit. <laughs> Untitled 2014 was released to radio instead to avoid further controversy for the artist's record label. And YG did not, you know, really escape controversy that much, unfortunately. Um, so they probably just should have gone with bullshit. But anyways, let's listen to Untitled 2014. And yes, it is a ballad. So G-Dragon began his two-year mandatory military service on February 27th, 2018 by entering the 3rd Infantry Division's boot camp. He was an active duty soldier. Damn. Like, a lot of the times, um, famous people will get, like, civil servant jobs. But no, he was an active duty soldier. Like Elvis, when Elvis was drafted. Like, at the top of his game. 
So his service ended on October 26, 2019, and he was officially discharged from the military. He hasn't put out anything since, and honestly, I don't think he has anything to prove. No. He has a ton of side businesses that make him a ton of money, and Big Bang, because of all the fucking scandals, is no more. Yeah. That sucks too, though. Like, he got, he finished his mandatory military service right at the cusp of February 2020. Yeah. Like, what was he supposed to do? I, I mean, he's doing just fine, too. I actually have a coworker whose husband worked for Nike and he was in a meeting with G Dragon. That is so cool. Because he designs Nike shoes and sells his own line of Nike shoes. He is an entrepreneur with a capital E. Yeah. I would love to see more music from G-Dragon, but again, in his own time, not in a rush, because it's going to be good, whatever it is. G-Dragon writes the majority of his lyrics and explaining that each feeling in creating the music is different, using his emotions to direct the lyrical content and the composition of his songs. He writes stuff that sounds like an actual story G-Dragon himself has said that he injects throughout like the songwriting process a sense of eeriness into his songs that resemble horror films. And if you listen to Coup d'etat, you will mm-hmm. instantly get that. He maintains a tight control over his career, and he publicly opposes the idea of singers as products of the entertainment industry, and he criticizes agencies who do not give their artists creative control. And he has always done that Mm -hmm. he's always been outspoken about that his androgynous style daring lyrics and high energy songs make him a k-pop legend and we bow down to you g-dragon all your favorite rapping faves they derived things from g-dragon they had to because he just paved the way for all of it you know he was unafraid to be kooky but also badass and in your face and unapologetically himself and i feel like i still see his influence in you know where are we fourth gen (laughs) groups yeah so yeah thank you so much g-dragon for your contributions and even though you're an old man we hope you release more things (laughs) (laughs) all right let's wrap up this episode with our weekly k-pop recommendations i'm gonna recommend crayon by g-dragon oh so good I'm going to recommend Coup d'etat. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of K-Pop Legends G-Dragon Edition. You can find Soulmates Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash soulmatespodcast. You can find us on Instagram at soulmatespodcast. We have our link tree there, which links to all of our relevant social media accounts. Send us an email at soulmatespodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on YouTube under our channel name, Soulmates Podcast. You can find this program pretty much anywhere podcasts can be found. iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening right now. Make sure you like, you follow, you subscribe, because we are here every other Friday for you. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.